When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses, so join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS gives you plenty of options. In addition to betting on the NFL, you can bet on college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, for this Thanksgiving edition. And as you can see, if you're watching the podcast, Mason West is here with me to break down this Bears victory, 16-14 win over the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Mason, it's finally over. The Bears have finally won a game. I know this was obviously a very – look, I won't even sure. It was boring. It was very – very boring, but how are you feeling? The Bears won. It's Thanksgiving. What's kind of your reactions after this game? Uh, after, what, halftime? I was a little surprised that they hadn't flexed this game to the Big Ten Network just to get it off of, you know, national TV. Uh, if the Bears could play the Lions every week, you know, it would, it would be magical. Uh, the Lions, Lions, <laughs> the Bears, Bears, and apparently, like, that's enough to get a win. That is enough to get a win. And you know what? We'll we'll quickly talk about this because I know 
Uh, people have things to do. You're, you're cooking your Thanksgiving dinner. Mason, you know, having a turducken for the first time. Got about an hour left, like you said. So we all have other things to do, but we thought we'd do a quick recap of this game. To start off our first quarter, the monster moment of the game, as Will would, would usually do on here. I think it's on that last drive, Mason, where Andy Dalton avoids the rush. There was a holding penalty by the Detroit Lions, and then he makes the completion. Who was it to? Is it? Uh, I'm blanking on, on the receiver. They, I think it's maybe Demir Bird, if I'm not mistaken. I can't even remember right now because I wrote it down in my notes, and, of course, I don't have it up. But really, I think that was a crucial point in the game. And as I kind of pull this up to actually see who it was that, that caught the pass, the Bears were able to not only just milk the clock, but still convert on the chains. I think the play, one of the plays afterwards, Andy Dolan puts the Jets on and almost gets a first down rushing. I put a little sonic uh, gif to kind of symbolize him running there. But it was a, a key moment in the game because the Bears' offense really wasn't doing much, and they needed something to kind of just help them out on that drive. And, of course, I don't even know where my freaking notes are at this point. So they don't even exist as, as far as I know. But Mason – do you have a, does a stat kind of stand out for this game? Uh, it's actually like kind of like a pair of stats because I find them interesting how they correlate. One being 317 yards. That's what Andy Dalton threw for today. And that's actually the most, or as a, you know, like quarterback has thrown for the Chicago Bears since Nick Foles did that uh, in the Titans last season. Uh, not, not the best in the world. But then when you also compare that to what Dave Montgomery did 17 carries. So not too far off what we, we like to see from him, you know, 20 to 25 touches normally is where you kind of want him at, but only for 46 yards. So, you know, is it that Matt Nagy and the bears got away from the run a little bit too much in this game, or simply they were happy with what Dalton was able to do through the air and they felt they didn't need to either way. It was a uh, definitely <laughs> different uh, what, than what we've seen from the bears recently. No, for sure. And, I think just just talking about this offense in, in general, too, it's like we saw some things that were happening in this game that just really weren't happening in, in that loss to the Ravens. And I think what stands out is like the usage of the tight ends, right? They only had five total targets in that game against the Ravens. And this one, you see Cole Komet, the man had 11 targets in this game alone. Like that is, a, you know, just completely different in terms of what the bears are wanting to do offensively. So you saw some things that they were trying to cater to Andy Dalton in this offense. So uh, different kind of philosophies as the bears are trying to, you know, cater now this offense for at least this game to, to Andy Dalton's strengths. Um, Mason, what I completely forgot in the last post game shows, like an MVP, we didn't even talk about, I mean, I guess in a loss, it makes sense not even to mention that. But as you look at it, and we'll do this now in the in the first quarter of our show as opposed to the last one, who who is the MVP of this game? Oh man, uh, Darnell Mooney. <laughs> he he had a pretty pretty good as a kind of an understatement. Uh, five catches for 123 yards. He had you know a couple drops that that hurt for sure. Uh, that's something that that's got to get cleaned up as he progresses as a wide receiver. But he definitely has stepped up with Allen Robinson being out. Uh, second game in a row over 100 yards. And that you're looking ahead. That's, that's what a lot of this is. And so can this having Al Robinson out might actually be a little bit of a blessing because now Darnell has to step up and be that wide receiver one. And you can see that growth and you can see the speed. And that, that was great. Um, definitely still too many hitches, too many curl routes during this game. But at the end of the day, they actually did send him on some deep routes too, leading to that 123 yards. 
Yeah, and you know, this is actually, you know, a game that he's building off of the five, what the five receptions over a hundred yards for Darnell Mooney and the touchdown against the Ravens. So you are seeing that. You didn't I didn't like what on the very first possession of the game for Darnell Mooney. It's a I don't know if it's a tough catch, but the defender was in good position on a third down play. And, you know, like we the Bears have played an opponent like Debo Samuel, who's really good at making those contested catches and not saying that Darnell Mooney needs to make every contested catch, but that's been the one thing, right, in terms of can he be a number one wide receiver? And even after this game, you still got to see how it goes, but you, he did kind of rebound after that that drop or that good play by a defender there. So it was good to see that. You know what? I will give it to Andy Dalton for my MVP, finishing 24 of 39 for the 317 yards, a touchdown, the interception. But he made plays when when the Bears defense or when the Bears offense just need him to. Whether it was actually avoiding some pressure, and it was to Demir Bird on that one third down and five play with it was six thirty three left in the fourth quarter. Chicago's on their own thirty seven yard line. Andy Dalton avoids the pressure, is able to complete the pass, and like I said, there was a holding call on the Detroit Lions, a defensive holding, so they would have gotten the the playoff um, regardless. But Andy Dolan made some nice throws. He also had that interception in the end zone where I think Mason really, if that was Justin Fields who makes that, I think Justin Fields makes that throw, to be completely honest, too. Oh, agree, to Bird, yeah. who had a step uh, on the defender there. So give it to Darnell Mooney, MVB to um, Andy Dalton there. So in this offense in general, just to kind of open it up, and like I said, keep this a little shorter than normal. What What did you make of the offense today? Only 16 points to the Detroit Lions on the road, short week with all this, you know, distra- I don't know, distractions and rumors and speculation about Matt Nagy's job. How do you think they played today? What's kind of your assessment of them? Well, sure, the Bears won, but they definitely came out flat. Uh, I do think that yeah. having as much distraction as, as you have is going around affected them. But I think you'd also see the difference when you do have a veteran quarterback in there. Uh, I don't think really anyone's going to sit there and tell you ultimately that long-term Andy Dalton is the answer for the Bears because he isn't. But at the same time, I don't think anyone really would tell you the opposite either, that Justin Fields was going to come in and make the offense that much better. Um, you know, Andy probably could have had at least two more picks. Uh, there was the one that got hit in the air, uh, tipped by their their linebacker, and that was up for grabs for anybody. And then the uh, cornerback, I'm going to butcher his name, Oruarie, I think maybe, <laughs> who got the interception. He could have had a one earlier in the game that was literally in his hands, and if it wasn't for Jesse James ripping his head off, he would have had <laughs> yeah. that pick. Um, but you saw that Andy Dalton was able to spread the ball around in a way that we haven't really seen Justin do, right? Demir Bird had four receptions. Uh, Jimmy Graham had two. Uh, Isaiah Coulter had a target. Not didn't get a catch on it because he stumbled on the play. Jakeem Grant had two catches. There just there was more. It was more spread out, and like you could see that Andy was going through his progressions when he did scramble when he moved around the pocket. He was able to keep his eyes downfield, you know, throw the ball. And the Lions helped him out too by not giving too much pressure. I mean, there were some times where Andy was sitting there all day long, but it's still good. You know, it, it's it's fine. I mean, you see some of these younger guys making some plays. I am surprised that Montgomery didn't get a little bit more more run. To be completely honest. But you, again, you saw what a veteran quarterback who knows how to go through his progressions, so like what he can do. No, I completely agree. And, you know, it, it did start off a little shaky. Like you said, initially for the Bears, for this Bears team, you saw the penalties, you saw just some miscues on offense, a drop that I was mentioning earlier from Darnell Mooney. 
and obviously they, they just didn't click initially, but as the game kind of went on, you saw some drives kind of being stacked up and Andy Dalton continues what he did last week with a two play drive ending in a touchdown, two plays, 69 yards. Nice for, for the touchdown to the only touchdown drive that the bears had today. And I, I, and I was writing a story and, you know, I'll have it up in a little bit, but, and I already predetermined like, this is going to be the only touchdown drive the bears are going to have. So I don't have to change that, which is awesome. But yeah, you did see some more. Um, I would just say, fluidity at times throughout throughout the the offense today but look the 16 points and it just seemed like when it got in third and short or you know those short down situations you would like to see the bears convert a little bit more in those um because i think what they finished on third down just looking at it five of 13 there was the early on um where it was a fourth in I think it was a fourth and one from the Chicago 49 yard line early on in the game. You'd like to see maybe Matt Nagy and the offense go for it, especially considering like what do you got to lose? Like you're already on a five game losing streak. Why not go for it? It ended up working in the bears favor because they pinned Detroit deep and were able to, you know, re- really just re- reverse the field there. So yeah, there were some, there were some positives, but still a lot left to be desired. Only scoring 16 points against the Detroit lions. Shouldn't be, Something that you you really grasp onto and say, yes, we're, we're doing this as an offense. Still more more to be desired, but I did like how they got the the tight ends utilized in this game between Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. Mason, anything else with this Bears offense that you kind of want to highlight right now? Uh, the only other thing I would say is don't get lost in the fact that it's a, a W, right? It is a – they barely beat a very bad Lions team. Uh, there was a wild error during the, I don't know if you felt this way. I was like, Oh, the Lions are going to win this. This is over. Um, they lucked out that they were able to milk as much time as they did off the clock. I think it was, it was like eight minutes that they pretty much had the ball the entire time. Uh, who knows? I mean, we've seen what the bears have done recently in terms of letting up points, you know, to, to teams in the fourth quarter on those final drives. So who knows that the Lions could have marked down, but at the end of the day, they, they did it. They pulled out the lane, but don't get lost in it. No, yeah, I I completely agree with that that statement there, Mason. They they did it, but man, it's it's against the winless Detroit Lions, and it's actually what's funny. Like I'm wearing this blazer. The last time the Bears won a game was against the Raiders. <laughs> I wore this blazer then. I I had again no no connecting dots there, but it's just maybe it's a coincidence that that it happens. Um, now let's let's head into the the defensive portion of this podcast the third quarter if you will and before we do I'm gonna tell you a bit about our partnership with owen if you're like me going to the gym is a crucial part of my schedule it's a place to let loose decompress and you know even maybe celebrate after a bears victory after five consecutive losses but you need the amino acids your body needs to repair and rebuild proteins and that's why we at the chicago audible we drink owen that's right owen which stands for only what you need Owen is a 100% plant-based company, and all of their products are, of course, plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their dark chocolate protein shake that has 20 grams of protein, and it just tastes really good. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. So get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at owen, O-W-Y-N, dot com. 
That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use the code TCA20. If you're watching uh, on YouTube, you can see the code promo code right there. Join me, the Chicago Audible, Justin Fields, and try Owen. Only what you need. All right. I'm Nicholas Moriano, and I'm alongside Mason West. We're breaking down this Bears 16-14 to victory over the Detroit Lions. Now we're going to talk about this Bears defense that needed a bounce-back game. We kind of talked about that a little bit on the preview show two days ago, Mason. Was this a bounce-back game for the defense? How are you feeling about this, this performance against Jared Goff and the Lions? No, this wasn't a bounce back whatsoever. It was just the Lions holding themselves back. I mean, they had two different instances where it was third and 32 or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, the The Bears had one sack the whole time, like in this whole game, which is terrible. The, the line wasn't doing great um, for the Lions, so you weren't getting enough pressure there. They let up some big chunk plays for sure in the run, in the run game. Uh, there was a couple of times. And then, and then in the pass game too, I mean, that one deep ball to Artie Burns, or that where Artie Burns was covering, excuse me. Yes, he, he he did better the rest of the game, but you still can't have instances like that. I mean, the right now the receivers for the Lions, you have Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown. It's not like you have amazing players that you're going against. Uh, really, TJ Hawkinson might be their best weapon, and he's really underutilized in general. He's only targeted three times, which is ridiculous. No, this is not a bounce-back game. The defense is still really, really rough, and there needs to be definitely some changes in the secondary. And then Roquan Smith got hurt. I mean, that's a huge loss. He's having an all-pro year, and you never know with hamstrings. It's one of those things where he could be back next week, and it could be something that lingers the rest of the, the season. It's They're tough, tough, tough to rehab. No, I, I have you know similar thoughts. Like, I wouldn't consider it a bounce-back game, but you limit the Lions to 239 yards of total offense, and a lot, again, was because – they are the Lions. Like, I, I tweeted out there in the game, you have to be kidding me. Like, it, it's this bad offensively? Like, you do this consistently to yourselves with the holding penalties and the miscues and and just, you know, running a draw play at, like, what, second or third and forever. And I get it. You're not going to convert on it. But that's just – that's the Lions offense. So we talked about it. Like, the reason why this could have been a bounce-back game is because it is this Lions offense. But what I did like – just kind of looking at micro level again, individual players. Like I thought Eddie Goldman had another strong day. Yes. There were a couple of those um, bigger runs in the game from, from Jamal Williams who had to take over, had a, uh, a long of 19 yards. And I did start him today in fantasy. Cause I thought, Hey, maybe if someone's going to get some yardage here, it, well, it helped that Deandre Swift went out that maybe Jamal Williams would get like a, 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 you know, an easy touchdown from the goal line that didn't happen, but I thought Eddie Goldman had a game, uh, you know, I had a pretty decent game. Bilal Nichols actually showed some flashes, and that was a guy that I was kind of watching out for. Then you see Robert Quinn, who continues to just sack the quarterback. Again, only one sack in this game on Jared Goff, so that collectively needs to be better. But I also like the effort from, like, a Travis Gibson. Even though Robert Quinn secured the sack, Travis Gibson's looking for work. Punches out that football. Jalen Johnson also punched out a football and Tashawn Gibson couldn't recover that along the sideline. So there were some individual efforts that I think were, were good to see. And, you know, you saw good individual efforts uh, against the Ravens as well, but yeah, collectively, you know, Jared Goff still passed for two touchdowns. It looked like there was just miscommunication on the TJ Hawkinson one. I don't know if Caleb Johnson was trying to pass over the TJ Hawkinson to Jalen Johnson, but by the time that happened, it was, it was 
far too late and he was wide open and yeah, Artie Burns. Like that was a guy we talked about could could play and you know early odds like oh you get beat on the double move oh well that that sucks the Bears really don't have any options really at the cornerback position but like you it like there's still like the offense more to be desired from from that unit Mason I guess because it is the Lions that that the Bears played defensively is there anything that that you like that could be carried over for you know what they're going to play the Cardinals next week. Um, is there anything that, that you liked from, from this game or even things that you still want to see improved overall with this defense? Yeah. I mean, if you go like so negative first, I guess in terms of things that we can see improve is still going to be the secondary play. Oh, how can they, how can they move forward? Can Ari Burns, is he going to be the, the starter now at CB2? That's really the question. Or was this a temporary thing just to kind of, get Vildor's mind right like hey you we, you, we can replace you unless you step your game up look we have already burns here I'll be really interested to see where they go with that uh it was nice to see that you know you did have Eddie Jackson back and he played he played fine there weren't like too many deep balls part of that might have been golf with his injury the lines were really pushing the ball down the field for the most part in general but nothing substantially stood out there so that was good and then I think the biggest positive you could take away, like you said, was kind of that emergence of Travis Gibson. He had the motor the whole time. He had that uh, caused that fumble, like you said. And if you're, you really do need at least that third pass rusher at a minimum. Can he also be that pass rusher? Because you, you don't have Mac the rest of the year. So now he gets elevated to your number two pass rusher. Really the only other person that you're like saying, well, maybe they could help out is going to be Bruce Urban. And he, has been on the practice squad and has had injuries and is on the older side, all those things. So seeing him step up is huge. Um, and then ultimately, like hopefully Roquan Smith can turn around relatively quick from this. I would not think he's going to be back for the Cardinals game. One week is a little fast for that. So I would expect him to be out. So who's what's going to happen there? Are you going to have a Danny Trevathan, Alec Ogletree linebacking duo? And as fast as the Cardinals play, that doesn't excite me. No, it doesn't. And remember, Danny Trevathan, his season's over. So yeah, you're right, and I've totally forgot about yeah. that. He's on IR. I don't even know who's gonna who's gonna. I don't even know who's gonna. Be so in there is that is that like a Christian Jones? Or because Ooh. we saw a lot more Christian Jones in this one, so maybe that's who the Bears have designated to kind of fill that void. But maybe Caleb Johnson. Caleb, yeah, and that's he was out there on the touchdown that was given up by Hawks, and so you know, there's there's question marks there, and you know, the Bears have kind of had that issue right with trying keeping their inside linebackers there for the entire season this another year maybe where you're going to see maybe Roquan Smith miss time and this would you know obviously be only his first game if he doesn't play against the Cardinals but there, there's obviously a drop off as it would be for any team missing the two to two starting linebackers um inside guys one thing I do want to point out Mason real quickly like just looking how the defense kind of started there, there was a lot, especially with DeAndre Swift, the Bears defense is kind of giving up those passes towards what would be viewing when you're watching the TV, like that that first sideline that you see in the flat. Initially, they were kind of giving that up underneath, and that's where the lines were going majority of the game, just underneath stuff. But I think as the game kind of went on towards the flat, the Bears did a better job collectively tackling uh, you saw Jalen Johnson getting involved there, even Artie Burns and some of the secondary players just rallying to the football. So they made that kind of adjustment as the game went on. And of course there, there were still some plays where you would like to see them tackle better. Um, But I thought they got a little bit better in that area as, as the game kind of progressed there. Mason is like, 
obviously with the defense, um, you limit the <laughs> you limit the Lions 14 points, but a lot of them was self-inflicted for Detroit. Anything else that you kind of want to touch on with this Bears defense or maybe even Detroit Lions offense before we kind of go into the final segment of the show? No, I think we pretty much covered it. The, it was more about the Lions being the Lions than it was, I think, that the, the Bears actually stopped them. Playing. Like Both of these teams were averaging like 16 points per game going into this game. So <laughs> the fact that you let them get essentially to their average, it, it would be, be kind of celebrating mediocrity. And I don't particularly feel like doing that. No, and yeah, just all those pedals. Actually, I kind of want to see where they ended up at. So 10 penalties for 67 yards for the Lions. The Bears had five penalties for 50 yards. So yeah, there was a lot of yellow flags being thrown consistently throughout this game. And, you know, um, and that's just <laughs> when you have a, at the time, a three and seven team facing an 0-9 and one team, that's kind of what you're expecting to see. On a nationally televised game on Thanksgiving, poor uh, you know Joe Buck and Troy Aikman who had to call this one. Uh, but to Troy go to Aikman, by the special... way, hated every second of calling this game. Like it's, <laughs> when you listen to him, he's like, "What did I do to deserve having to to deal with this?" Oh, absolutely! Like I, I had that same feeling. And I, look, I tweeted out that he compared Andy Dalton to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I was kidding. Like it was a little flick play that he just had to uh, David Montgomery. There is like, oh, that's something you'd see from Patrick Mahomes, and that's a comparison. But uh, I was obviously kidding on that one. But just hearing him say that, it's like, hey, that's there really isn't anything else to talk about in this game. To be completely honest, yeah. Mason, anything on special teams that you kind of want to hit on for for this game? Uh, Cairo with uh, another missed kick, uh, 53 yarder. So I believe it was the longest he's attempted this season. His and the longest he's career has been a 55 yarder. So definitely pushing that, but it was inside, um, afterwards in the press conference, I believe, he, uh, Cairo said something to the effect of that. He just chunked it that, you know, that was an operation error on his end, uh, more so than okay. just simply not having the leg strength for it. Cause then it was inside, you know, 53 yarder definitely should be able to hit it, but it's something that is a little concerning. I mean, we've talked about, you know, over the last couple games since that long Steelers kick, I mean, could it be happenstance? Absolutely. But, you know, there's now been a couple different times where we've seen a miss uh, in the last couple of games and, and we can't get back to that. I mean, it was so nice having to not worry about the kicker just to sit back, relax and be like, all right, this is awesome. Um, and then bear special teams doing special teams things. Grant, you know, Jakeem Grant is, He's gotten a couple good returns, but definitely be interesting if you could calculate like what is the amount of yards he's lost because he hasn't taken the touchback or, or whatever the case may be. Um, they're still, I think, trying to figure out what to do with that because you've also seen Cleo Herbert doing some of the kick returns and things as well. So it's that's kind of all over the place. It is like I'm, I jot it down like he takes the ball out and, you know, they failed to get to the 20, Jakeem Grant, and there was another where he just got to the 20. So just, I guess, he, look, he feels like he can take it out and make something happen every single time. I get that, but there's got to be at some points where even maybe if you're seeing like the blocking kind of, or the lack of blocking, it's like, hey, let's just let's just take a, take a knee here and then see what happens. What was weird, one last thing with special teams, is the punt that hit the Lions player on the head, yeah. rolled all the way down, and then the Bears start, like I think it hit like a Lions player maybe around like 35, 40 on the Bears side, somewhere around there. And then the Bears end up starting at their own 16. And I look, I don't know what Matt, what the referees told Matt Nagy, because I they talked in the you know the broadcast, they talked said that he was talking to the refs, 
But clearly, whatever the refs told Matt Nagy indicated to him that this probably wasn't worth challenging. But I, I just figured, like, wherever it hits the, the Lions player, that's where you should get the ball. There was a penalty as well, but that was that was just confusing. So it turns out that actually that there is a rule that if there is a live ball foul by the receivers that is enforced, either before or after the first touching violation, the violation is disregarded. So basically, because there was a hole by the Bears, it didn't matter that it hit the helmet of the Lions player and, mm. and rolled all the way back to, I think it was like the 15 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, and so that, that was totally totally by the book. That's exactly how what was supposed to happen there. And speaking of refereeing, it's also interesting. Found out that if you call two timeouts in a row, that's a five-year penalty. Didn't know that. Man, I look, when that happened for the Lions, like, I don't know why I almost felt bad for – for like the lions and just Dan quit like, or uh, not, uh, Dan quit, but just like the lions in general, like that to have that happen late in the game. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. Like I know the bears have a bad and they're all dysfunctional and everything's going on there at house hall with all the rumors of Matt Nagy. But like, I don't know how you can't just look at the lions and just shake your head. And I don't know, not, I don't know if you have to feel for them, but it's just like they, all these, self-inflicted things happening and you know they would have they would have called another timeout had matt Nagy not called a timeout because one of their players didn't get off the field so it's just consistent dysfunction disarray with with the lions organization and you know as as someone who covers the bears i'm at least glad that it's not that i i guess i could say that. i don't know but yeah that was uh i'm glad thank you for the clarification on that i had no idea that that was a rule but now we know why the Bears kind of started at the 16, a self-inflicted wound of their own with a holding penalty. Again, they had five for 50 in this game. All right, Mason. So the Bears win 16-14, break their five-game losing streak. Don't match last year's six-game losing streak. So we can, I guess, be thankful for that on Thanksgiving. But where do you want to take this? What is What are kind of your thoughts now with this team? They obviously still waiting or hoping that Justin Fields can come back. Um, they're a team that hit, like I just said, finally broke that, that losing streak. But now, now you're going to face a real opponent. And with the Arizona Cardinals at home at Soldier Field uh, on next Sunday. So, I mean, they just beat, they barely beat the Lions. What are you kind of, what are your thoughts on this team as we move forward into next week? There's just a uh, smaller storylines that are going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, they came out and said that Fields actually had some some small fractures in his ribs, uh, which and they they played it off like that's not a big that's still a big deal. Uh, small fractures in the ribs that's still in unstable, um, that's still painful, that still could lead to a larger fracture. Uh, all these different things. Uh, so it's not guaranteed that Fields is going to be back next week. But let's just say that like, he's healthy enough to play. Um, There's another report that had come out that you know, potentially that George McCaskey had told Nagy, you need to start fields. So if that is in fact true, and let's just say that fields is healthy, where's, where's Matt Nagy going to go? Is he going to go with a guy, the player in Andy Dalton, who it seems like he truly believes is the best way, you know, for him to win games. And Nagy needs to keep winning games to keep his job because, you know, obviously there's the rumors about him potentially being fired and all that jazz. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, plays out because ultimately you know most bears fans all that you know all wants to see justin develop but 
is he going to be allowed to, or is there potentially this injury going to be an excuse to keep letting Andy play? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, for, for me, just kind of looking at the bears where they're at, like, I think that, yes, everything was, was just wrong with the, with this organization or, well, there's so much talk, these rumors and whether or not this team would even play for Matt Nagy. Hey, lost the locker room. And I know it wasn't a very convincing win, but the Bears kind of showed like, hey, we're, we're still looking to grind it out and try to, to win football games here. And they did that, 16 to 14. But next week's going to be a real, real test for this team to see where, not, not where they're at, because I think we kind of know at four and seven, they're not really a team that's in, in a spot to compete. But let's see what they got kind of moving forward. I think it's for us and for fans, like, you kind you do want to see, I think, a little bit of competitiveness. But if the result is still Matt Nagy being fired at the end of the season, which I think is what ultimately is probably going to be best for his team moving forward, and, and again that goes into play with where Justin Fields and his trajectory will be in his career, then that's kind of the scenario that you'd want. Because I I don't know how many more blowouts I, I would you know at Soldier Field we can cover Mason where it's it's over by you know, the end of the, or the start of the second quarter, whatever it may be. So we'll see kind of where this team goes from here now that they finally have a win under their belt. But Mason, like we said, we're going to keep it short. We're just over the 30 minute mark. Any last words for everybody here on Thanksgiving before we kind of call this one? No, just hopefully everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Maybe not this year, but there's better times ahead for the bears. A win is a win whether you know whether you like it or not so you know just enjoy time with family stay happy stay safe healthy all that good stuff eat a lot of food you guys uh mason hope you and your family have a happy thanksgiving everybody in the chat and who will listen to this episode hopefully not during your thanksgiving dinner you know enjoy enjoy time for football right now and you know enjoy your thanksgiving eat a lot of food watch more maybe better football as uh as the day goes on but really appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening to this post-game show. Bears win 16-14. Snap that five-game losing streak. You'll hear for from Mason and I later next week to preview, you know, the next opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.